0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Nitin Govilla about how mindful workspaces are conducive to deep work and creativity. Nitin Govilla, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you, John. Thank you for having me here. And it's a great pleasure to speak to you today.
0: It's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the other side of the world. And you'll, uh, I'm sure, share more about that with us here in just a minute. Um, But I'm super excited to have the opportunity to chat with you. I'm joining uh, the conversation from Utah. uh, And ultimately, we're going to be talking today about mindful workspaces and how those sorts of workspaces can be conducive to deep work and creativity. And we, we all want to work in an organization that's innovative and creative and dynamic and engaging. Uh, but we also tend to have organizations that aren't particularly you know, mindful spaces. Uh, where it's hectic and a little bit crazy, and we're just kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off, and that isn't, you know, always the right mix for trying to to foster the deep work and the creativity. So we're going to f- look at how we can go about doing that better within our organizations, and how you know each of us as leaders can foster that kind of an environment and atmosphere within our individual teams. As we get started, I wanted to share Nitin's bio with everybody. Singapore-based Nitin Govilla is a management leader, entrepreneur, engineer, and meditation trainer. Uh, he's done a lot of work with Ferrari, a leader in the flexible comp- composite material sector. His scope of operations covers Japan, Korea, China, Hong Kong, India, Asian countries, Australia, New Zealand, Middle East, and Africa. He's born in India, educated and worked in France, based in Singapore. In addition to overseeing business operations and management of seven legal distribu- uh, distribution entities and a newly acquired Taiwanese company across the Asia Pacific, Middle East, and African region, Nitten is a member of the group executive committee, helping define the company's long term strategy and key decisions for the future growth of the organization. He manages 175-member global team. And I could go on and on. Uh, What a wonderful career that you have had, what amazing work you're currently doing. Anything else you would like to add and share with listeners by way of your background or context before we dive on in further?
1: No, I think most of it in brief, John, you have covered that, and thanks for that. I'd just say, as you said, uh, one of the key elements for me as a professional has not only been the education and the varied experience ap- across working cultures in India, Europe, and then in Asia Pacific across many countries has also been the aspect that um, I've been uh, involved or being in meditation for the last 20 plus years, and also uh, work as a volunteer as a meditation trainer uh, for an organization called Heartfulness Meditation, helping corporates, helping people and communities at large to also integrate this very interesting aspect in their work life or their personal life to achieve the right level of balance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And, and that's actually the first thing I wanted to ask you about this kind of meditative mindfulness approach. You also refer to it as the heart centered approach uh, to working within organizations and leading people. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that and how that kind of an approach uh, can be used in, you know, assisting corporate teams and providing better clarity and balance of mind to their teams in their organizations?
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, um, uh, the meditation which I follow as heartfulness meditation, uh, as the name goes, heart is the center of it, we meditate on the heart. And the reason heart, um, I emphasize the importance of the heart is because over many years, uh, we've always, um, and in traditions, we've always believed heart to be the center or the seat of the soul. The Center of Consciousness and also a bridge between mind and body, but now this has also been corroborated by scientific research. Where this where they have been able to prove that the intelligence in the heart is much more profound and complex than we ever knew so just not knowing the heart as a simple pumping. Uh, place for the blood across the body uh, we've also found that the heart has its own in uh, intelligence which aligns the core functionings of, uh, of all core systems in the brain and the body. And that creates the necessary coherence and balance. And in fact, what I was surprised to learn and hear was that in fact, heart sends more signals to the brain than the opposite way. And it's up to more than 5,000 times more uh, powerful. Now, what, what I'm trying to say here is that the heart in a way has more sensitivity and are able to perceive. And it also gives us the first indication or or voice uh, to you know to to start working or to start taking uh, decisions or how we need to pro- uh, progress or proceed. But the problem comes is are we uh, is that my is our mind at rest and calm enough to be able to hear this voice of the heart? And and this is where if we can find a way where we are able to access this knowledge and the deep. Uh, feeling which the heart provides, uh, then we we have all the necessary things at our disposal to have uh, to in enhance our physical and emotional well-being, our higher level of resourcefulness, the creativity and consciousness. And this is where I feel even neuroscientists feel that heart holds the promise for the next level of human development and evolution. So that's where I I say that using the heart as a professional or even as a normal individual in your daily life and taking decisions or interacting uh and being able to feel connected throughout the day uh is a is a very great way to move ahead and carry on with our lives
0: yeah yeah i really like that uh, background and explanation you just provided and again providing clarity and balance i think is always an important facet and for a long time you know i've thought about you know how we process information, how we think and how we feel. And it's both in our heart and in our mind. And, and a lot of times we think about uh, making rational decisions, rational choices through our mind. Uh, but there's something more there uh, that connects the two. Uh, and you just, I think, described that really, really well. And I, I appreciate that. Um, and so this heart-centered approach, uh, certainly, I, you know, I, I suppose we could think about heart-centered in terms of how a lot of people probably think of heart-centered, you know, uh, generosity, uh, love, compassion, empathy, you know, those sorts of things aren't contrary to what you're describing, but it's not exclusively what you're describing either. Uh, So I think that's worth pointing out. A lot of times when we talk about heart-centered, you know, we're, we're, we're tend to focus on on, compassionate leadership or empathetic leadership or those sorts of things. You're talking about how do we connect um, the heart more through our mindfulness practices to to have clarity, to have balance, and ultimately to drive better creativity, better decision-making and everything along those lines. Uh, and, And so that brings us to this whole idea of mindful workspaces. I love the idea. We you know we've talked a lot on this podcast in the past about mindfulness practices, about uh, how I can go about as an individual to to practice mindfulness, or even as a leader, how I can uh, try to model and encourage members of my team to also practice mindfulness. I love this idea of really trying to foster and create a healthy, mindful workspace where people can interact with each other. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that, what you mean by that, and how we might go about creating that kind of a workspace.
1: Yeah, so what I meant when I talked about mindful workspace was basically in the element that one comes how we design the workspace. Uh, So uh, in terms of interacting, not only with the nature outside your building, but also uh, inside. Uh, That's one element and I can elaborate that uh, a bit later. The second part is um, in terms of are we creating necessary spaces uh, in in a way that we are able to hear and understand each other? And thirdly, are we also creating a space where we just talked about the heart-based element, uh, an aspect of meditation or being able to connect few times or whenever we want with with our inner self? Do we have a space where I, I feel, okay, I don't want to sit on my chair today. Uh, I'm just feeling this moment I need for myself for five minutes or 10 minutes. Do we have those kinds of spaces within our offices or our workplace that somebody can just kind of extract himself or herself out of that, go in that space, try to be connected, you know, just try to be with yourself. And then when you come back, that's those five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever that time that person takes, uh, that person is totally refreshed has starts seeing things in a very different way and starts working in a different way so so I would I would put it in that three uh, elements. When I come to the first part, when I say how the workspaces are designed and how do you create the right environment, what I'm talking about is that are we having offices in the right way that we are able to manage the heat, the light uh, and the acoustics uh, the sound which is in the office right. Most of it. Sometimes we we try to you know in um, obviously you are in a colder part. I'm sure it's it's getting colder and colder there. Um, I'm I'm in a part which is near equator. We we don't even know what are four seasons in a way, if I may say so. Uh, so um, in that sense, right? We try to have air conditioning inside. But how do you know which is the right uh, temperature? We all know that this is the right temperature to save energy and to have an optimum. Uh, level of comfort but do we really follow that right and why because there's a lot of heat which is coming inside the building and once it's inside you have to find a way that your space is comfortable but is there a way are you designing offices where you can block the heat on the outside for example now when it comes inside how are your spaces designed that you're able to manage the the glare the light right because that's another level sometimes you're moving your screen up and down oh this angle is not correct now, with video calls that also becomes much more important right the the light is not correct <clears throat> or the sound is not correct, for example. And then the third element, which is, I would say, most often ignored element is how do you manage the sound and the acoustics I always differentiate between sound and noise. Uh, so if it's open spaces, which is becoming a more trend now even a big. I mean, top managers don't have um, kind of cabins and offices like in our head office in France. We've kind of moved away from that because people used to travel, and obviously that's starting now. So when they come, <clears throat> why to block a space? I mean, uh, let's sit wherever we can and work, and that's a good way to interact. But then how do you manage that when we, we, people are talking? But it's not becoming difficult noise. I would say, but a comfortable sound, meaning you're able to say, but you're also able to hear and understand. Now, we don't design that, right? I mean, we don't think of acoustic when designing a workplace. Okay, we we design the layout, we design uh, where anybody will sit, but do we ever think that, you know, more and more when we talk to each other, I should not feel stressed out, I should not feel that I'm not able to focus because I'm hearing somebody's talking there and it's all becoming a clutter and a and a noise. So I'm trying to say that there's a good noise, which I equate as sound. Now, how do we do that? You know, so these are few elements when I come uh, summarize that heat, light and acoustics. And then obviously, the element of getting a space of yourself where you can kind of extract yourself kind of reconnect and come back to the common working space and carry on.
0: Yeah, well, I and I really appreciate the focus on those physical elements, the heat, the light, the noise, uh, all of that is so important. Uh, as we consider how we design our, our physical workspaces. Uh, and, and I have to admit, when I was first thinking about mindful workspaces, I hadn't thought about all of those physical elements. Um, so I, I think that's incredibly important and we we need to think more about it. And you're right, it, it is a trend. You know, these those open uh, concept office spaces um, that's become more and more popular over the last decade or so. And there's been more and more research to show how it's, Become problematic <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, you know, the idea of fostering collaboration and innovation uh, seemed nice, but the reality is, because of all of the noise and the the just the distraction, that it, in many ways it's actually um, decreased the amount of meaningful collaborations oh, and sure. the innovation that can occur, and just the overall productivity of people. Uh, and cool. so we we need to be think thoughtful about collaborative spaces and. I don't think there's a one size fits all like some some organizations are going to have traditional offices with four walls and a door, some are going to have cubicles, some are going to have uh, open concept spaces, or, or maybe some combination right where you have uh, a hybrid approach where you have collaborative workspaces in areas where people can get together, um, but also shared spaces, individual offices, whatever, depending on the work that needs to be done. And I, I guess that's ultimately what we have to consider most. And if we can be thoughtful about those physical elements, that's going to foster greater um, mental health, and uh, not to mention the, this, the environmental sustainability piece that you also referred to. Um, now, as we think about these types of mindfulness, practices, mindful workspaces, both the physical components, but also non-physical components. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb Why and how are those conducive to deeper work, greater levels of creativity, um, more meaningful collaborations? why Why is it that mindful workspaces help to create an environment where where people um, thrive a little bit in a in a deeper way in terms of their creativity?
1: So you know, we go back to the starting point when we talked about, the heart based approach right in the end uh why do we need that we need it because the mind is continuously active it cannot rest you know it absolutely cannot rest um i was surprised when i came to know a few years back that actually an average human being has nearly sixty thousand to seventy thousand thoughts a day now imagine we are not even aware of that right we just focus uh, on maybe three four uh, things to do which we are working on right and same time uh, but there's a lot of things going at the back end and this is where the subconscious element of the mind comes into play. Now what happens is uh, I mean if you understand um, inter- if you go a deep deeper into a little bit how the brain works, when we are working on certain things, as I said maybe three, four uh, or five or maybe lesser, then it's the it's the uh, frontal part or the prefrontal cortex which is working, which is the rational element of the mind. It processes that, we are using our energy on that. The moment we understand it, I mean, it's like a training. We are being trained on something. The moment we become well-trained, then it goes into the subconscious because we go into the auto mode. Now, what happens is is the same process when we look at as a professional, when we are taking decisions, right? Any professional is expected to look at all the facts at hand, all the data at hand, listen to people, and the mind is processing, right? When the mind processes that, automatically it moves to the subconscious part, which is the limbic part of the brain, where it's also adding that, uh, those rational part and complementing it with the part of the wisdom which already exists. This wisdom has come through observation. This wisdom has come because the subconscious is still running at the back end. Uh, it's like a processor right like a CPU it's running at the back end it sees you don't even know it sees it gains its wisdom. And then it connects that wisdom to the rational part of it. Now the challenge what happens is after how does that limbic part of the subconscious part communicate to the rational part of the brain. And this is where there is no wired I mean there's a wired network, as we say, neurons and everything, but the challenge there is that uh uh how i mean how does it do that and the neuroscience says the way it does it is through feeling not transmitting through as language or words now if the rational part then has to perceive that feeling it needs to be at rest and calm right to be able to feel that and it will just come as a as a sensation or or just as a initial thought or sensation which will come if your mind is not at rest you will not be able to catch it And and then you're still using the rational part you're not able to uh, supplement and add that the 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 element which is coming through the all wisdom which exists inside you right, so this is the where the part that if you have a comfortable workspace, you are also able to put your mind at rest if you're also having an element of a meditative practice, no matter whatever, it could be mindfulness, it could be heartfulness, meditation, anything which you believe and you follow in, if you're able to do that and able to bring your mind at rest, then you're, you're able to expand your capacity to perceive and capture that feeling trigger or the feeling sensation which comes. And then when you add that to the rational part of it, you will be able to take generally take the, the correct decision. Now the correct, we should not measure it in the way of right or wrong, because in the material element, sometimes those decisions may look, oh, what did you do? Why did you decide like that? But over a period of time, you will realize that was the best decision uh, to take. you know. And this is where uh, having the right workspace, which is either physical elements of heat, light and sound, but at the same time, to be able to have a certain practice where you're able to connect with yourself put your mind at rest and ease and able to uh, then perceive that feeling ensures that um, we are able to. So many leaders say, oh, everything was okay, but my gut said not to go ahead with that, right? My inner sensation said not to go ahead with that. Now, we may have different words for it as we have been brought up in different environments, but in the end, it's the same thing, that feeling element which came, which told you, yes, this is what you should be doing, or no, this something does not feel right. Let's not go ahead with that. Yeah, yeah, well said. And the, it really does depend
0: on the person too. So, like you mentioned already, there's all these different types of mindful practices uh, that we can participate in, that we can that we can be involved in. And for some people, it's kind of more formal prayer uh, if that's their religious upbringing. For other people, it's meditation. Uh, for some people, it's just walking, exercise, getting out in nature. Um, I'm thinking in my office, there's a few things that I try to do. Uh, The first thing is I don't like um, mess. And so if there's mess, I feel stressed. Um, So the very first thing in terms of just physical space is that everything has its place and I just put things where they go and then there's no mess and I'm not stressed. Um, that's not to say that I don't have a little bit of clutter. Sometimes I do collect knickknacks and I, you know, when I travel, I collect things and, and I put them different places. And so it's not like my office is sterile. It has a personality. I have, you know, these things that are meaningful to me, but I don't have papers everywhere. I don't have just stuff everywhere. And that in and of itself, even without me doing anything else that allows me to go into my office and feel relaxed just from the get-go um two other things that i do i have like a little mini elliptical um that i can i can do it while i'm at my desk but i also will sometimes if i'm just like on a call i'll just be standing on my elliptical and just just moving you know and just just the physical motion um is 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 it helps me clear my mind and it just helps me um, feel more comfortable and, and I think better uh, when I'm doing that. So even though I'm just in my office, I'm just doing that motion and it helps. Something else that I do, I can't do it while I'm on a call necessarily, um, but I, I play the drums a little bit. And so I have some drumsticks and sometimes I'll just, you know, I, I don't want to be distracting to people around me. So I have stuff to damper the noise, but I'll just I'll just practice and and just do rhythms and beats. And it's just a very simple physical thing that I can do to kind of recenter, to to um, connect body and mind, and, and then I'm ready, you know, to, to go off and, and, and my mind is sharper um, because oh. of that. Those are just silly things that I do. I mean, there, there's a whole slew of things. Uh, that people can do and whatever seems to work for you, uh, then you want to try to do it. And as a leader, we want to model that for people. We want to give them permission to do those sorts of things. And overall, we just want to have a nice environment where people come, regardless of the, whatever we choose as our physical workspace arrangements, that we uh, are strategic and purposeful about it, and that we create a welcoming uh, environment that's conducive to people just being able to feel safe, to feel comfortable, uh,
1: and to be able to feel like they can collaborate uh, in meaningful ways. Absolutely. And and actually, what you said was, is absolutely correct. You know, I mean, we have to find our own journey, we have to find the tools which will help us in our own journey. Now, whether it means a bit of exercise, a bit of, you know, taking your mind off because somebody is involved in any other activity, whether it means taking out a few minutes to connect with your inner self or a prayer or a meditation practice in the end if the whole element is to we realize we are getting stressed we realize that the mind is wandering is there a way to you know bring back the focus again and and the key thing is i think that's where organizations have to bring more attention to that for sure covid has driven this element of workplace well-being wellness at work but the question really is that our organization taking a holistic approach or not, you know, I mean, you you find some organizations focusing focusing on, say, maybe a yoga or a physical activity, some others doing some talks uh, by some experts on different topics. But the real element is needed to mix everything, you know, to bring a holistic approach. One is obviously design of the workspace, as we talked about that, you know, uh, that and also now more and more it becomes important whereas when i'm talking to many companies the challenge they say is to get people back to work in the office right but organizations is what it's a it's a physical area right it's an area where you interact with people that's an organization i mean i'm reminded of a very interesting chinese character which which has two elements to it it says um and and one element is people so they say come in there, I mean, because it's a very intuitive language in a way, it brings characters and, and, uh, and that's where the words are formed. So if you remove the people, there is no company, you know, that's, that's the way that character explains. So if you look at it, if you don't have people interacting, if you don't have people exchanging with each other, yes, virtual uh, times are good. And they've helped us in these difficult times. But yes, now we need to come to a space where we can again see each other, maybe it may not happen five days a week, but we need to find ways that people are at least coming maybe some more days a week so that, and they, and that's where the organization culture remains. We talk a lot about culture, how much culture can you keep just by having virtual, uh, calls for that matter. Right? So have I looked at it in terms of space so that when p- people come welcome, people have been doing calls from the comfort of their homes or whatever, am I able to create a second kind of home in offices for them? Right. And uh, and then all the other elements do I bring to them, whether uh, uh, an expert talking about uh, meditation, an expert talking about, uh, you know, uh, the yoga or any other physical elements or any other how you organize your life um, in terms of time management, in terms of habits creation, in terms of other elements. So I think that wellness as a holistic element uh, has to has to come in. First steps have been taken, but I think there's uh, still a lot more work to be done in in that direction uh, for for uh, organizations to have the right kind of you know workspace.
0: Yeah, yeah, very well said. You you've shared so many great insights and ideas, a lot to chew on, and and I appreciate you sharing that with me and my listeners today, Nitin. It has been a real pleasure talking with you. I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a minute, but before we close. I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, thanks, John. And thank you again for having me there. I I know the time um, difference does not make it easy to schedule, but uh, okay. I mean, let's thank the virtual uh, elements of Zoom to help us uh, see each other and speak to each other. So um, they can, uh, anybody who wishes to contact me can contact me through my LinkedIn profile under the name Nitin Govilla. Uh, or you can search with the company search Ferrari uh, group and you can find me, you can message me, and then we can, uh, if you want to uh, further enhance this discussion or further uh, connect me more to understand more and how we can, uh, you know, take our discussion further, please feel free to do so. Um, On the workspace part, I think I have nothing much to add, John, I've kind of covered covered that. As I said, just a few minutes back, I think a holistic approach to a good workspace or as you say a mindful workspace is needed and uh and it in uh, it kind of uh includes the physical elements the if i may say so the spiritual or the uh the internal elements for a for a person there's a right level of balance that is needed now and 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 i'm sure once organizations start doing that or at least start understanding that they, they have to do this i'm sure we are on the right track and uh, maybe in uh, a decade or so we will be talking about not only mindful workspaces, we might actually start using the word of mindful organizations or companies or or, or in, a, in that sense. So so we'd all look forward to uh, to that day. And thank you again, John, for having me over.
0: Thank you. It has just been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Nitin and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.